Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, Edit Your Life friends. Happy New Year. I am just so excited to be here. Obviously, this is a huge shift, uh, not having Asha on the mic with me, but here I am. As I said in our last episode of the year of 2021, when Asha and I were in conversation for the last time, I just feel like I have a lot more to share, a lot more to talk about with people. I already, in the first week or so of the new year, am brimming with ideas based on conversations with you. So I just want to say straight up, thank you for being here. Thanks for coming back and uh, sticking with the show, even with Asha's departure. I have a lot of great things in store for you for this year, uh, solo conversations, as well as really amazing guest interviews. So I wanted to start this year, obviously, habits and goals are in people's minds. And actually, today's episode is inspired by a listener ask. You may recall that in advance of Asha's departure, I had administered a survey to both get people's thoughts about what they wanted to say to Asha, as well as to collect some ideas for what people wanted to hear me talk about. And one thing that somebody asked was for me to talk about habits that I have started and continue to follow in order to help me achieve my goals. So just to set this conversation up, I want to say that I'm actually not a traditional goal setter. This might be surprising to people, but I I just am not. I, I tend to be much more of a gut thinker. I do like to set targets, but I am also okay with flexibility. For example, um, you know, some people, if you're following me on Instagram, you'll know that I have been doing the yoga with Adrian January 30 day uh, practice for the last few years, but I am definitely the sort of person who I need to set up some flexibility in order to set myself up for success. So I understand that some people need a very specific and regimented practice in order to not fall off the wagon. So for example, doing 30 days of yoga in a row. But for me, not allowing any flexibility whatsoever is what makes me not want to do something or not follow through. So in this example, I'm doing the 30 days of yoga. I'm just not necessarily doing them in a row. I will probably realistically, I've already missed a day by the time I'm recording this. I know I'm definitely going to miss a few days later in January for some um, other adventures. So I anticipate I probably will finish that practice um, maybe the first week of February, and that's okay. The point is to make it through the journey. So I just want to share that example in order to set up a baseline of understanding both for people who need the regimented structure of something that happens um, with goals and also for those like me who need a little more flexibility. So there are a few things that have helped shape my thinking for this episode. Uh, One of them is over the winter break, I had a wonderful conversation 
that should be live on the Mom Hour by the time this show airs, and I will link it in the show notes. The conversation was with Sarah Powers and Sarah Hart Unger, and it was all about planning, and it was such a fascinating conversation to have, just both about digital and paper-type planning and goals in general. So that conversation definitely informed my thinking for today, as well as some personal ruminations I've had about 2022 and reentry. And the thoughts really resonated with people on Instagram, and I will link that post up in the show notes as well. So yes, I have a lot of thoughts. I have some specific tips I'm going to share to get us going, and I guess I will dive right in. So my first recommendation, and this is something that came out of that Instagram post that I will link up. But when you're thinking about goals, I want to recommend that you connect one, more would be better, but one would be great, Um, your goals to something joyful and life-giving versus being about self-flagellation or a sense of shoulds related to productivity. So just to give you an example to set this context, at the end of December, I decided I wanted to start a personal free writing exercise. I'll be sharing more about this soon, probably, actually. but. The idea was I had just read Stephen King's On Writing. Apparently, I'm like the last person in the universe who has read this book, but I I read it. I loved it. He was talking about the joy of writing and the necessity to write regularly, and that really resonated with me. I love writing, but I've definitely, last year for sure, was writing on the clock a lot and not with any daily routine. He was recommending writing 2,000 words a day, which I tried over a weekend, and that was really hard to do. (laughs) I mean, obviously, writing is his full-time job. I have another full-time job. So I decided to shoot for 1,000 words a day, and it has been such a deeply life-giving practice that I just feel joyful. I feel fulfilled. It is teaching me a lot about myself. I have been sharing about this daily journey and Instagram stories and have received a number of questions about it, actually. So I am going to take the time to share more in a separate episode, I think about the daily practice of writing, but also in the context of self-directed challenges, because that's where a lot of the questions are coming coming from. So anyway, stay tuned for more on that. I'm really excited about that. My second recommendation is to lean into vulnerability where necessary and ask for help. Last year, a lot of people asked me about my somewhat unexpected, it really was unexpected, (laughs) success writing for major media outlets. And the reason I say it was unexpected and wasn't even really a goal of mine was that um, I'm sure I've talked about it a couple of times on this show, but if you're new to this, I had set a goal that I wanted to try to place one major media byline last year. I had never done it before. I had never pitched a story. I didn't know any editors. I didn't know anything about it. And that's a little daunting. And so I decided to be vulnerable and ask for help. And I want to clarify and say this was not me asking for a free pass or asking a friend to call in a favor without seeing whether I could do what I wanted to do. Um, so specifically I had decided I had an idea for a piece, but I had no idea kind of where to go with that after beyond writing it. So I reached out to a friend and said, I had an idea and I said, I'd like to write the piece. And would you be willing to do two things for me? One is read it 
and be honest with me. And if you like it, if you don't like it, just say so, that's fine. Uh, But if you do like it, would you be willing to introduce me to one of your editors? And that was a really big vulnerable ask for me because I feel like it puts a lot of pressure on the other person. I mean, what if she had hated it? Or what if she thought it was okay, but really didn't want to make the intro? Um, She had to respond to me like, or she didn't have to, but the onus was on her to respond. So anyway, that, that was, that's not usually my strong point. And it was, ended up being a really wonderful relationship deepener. It worked out as well as I could have possibly expected. She really loved the piece. She had a couple of recommendations, but she did end up brokering that intro. And then just the way the universe played out, it ended up uh, breaking out into a lot of other things and different outlets. And I think, I don't know, probably close to 20 pieces instead of one last year. So that vulnerability, though, was a really important part of that story. And I never want anyone to think that the success that happened, those kinds of successes happen in a silo. They most definitely do not. Okay, my third recommendation is as you're thinking about 2022, you know, this episode is going live January 13th. It's mid-January. Uh, You're probably still feeling the initial fire. Well, there are many fires happening, but perhaps the initial fire of uh, the new year. But I just want to recommend that you treat this year for what it is. It is a marathon, not a sprint. I would say this any year, but especially given what we are all going through, it's a lot. So one of the things I shared about in this Instagram post I referenced on 2022 reentry was that. I think that whatever you can do to take the pressure off yourself, but still move forward is a good thing. So specifically, I had recommended perhaps identify one to three essential things that you might need to get done in a day. And otherwise, think about the idea of your to-dos across the span of the week. I actually think I heard this initial concept from my friend Juliana Minor, who's been a a guest on this show. And actually, yes, I I think that is correct. And I had been interviewing her for an article about uh, that I read for CNN about perimenopause. And one of her coping tactics was to think about things across a time span. So you don't beat yourself up if you have a really bad day and you struggle and you have those degrees of freedom for grace. So thank you, Juliana. I just realized the original origin of that idea. And then the other thing I wanted to recommend in this realm is to jot down priorities for a given month, or maybe even in terms of quarters of the year, depending on what you're working on. Just because I think obviously some things take more time than other things. And so it's really important to kind of have a more general arc to what you're doing, again, depending on what the goal is. But my basic point is this idea that you need to crush everything tomorrow time and energy just do not work like that. And so I would just encourage us all like to not do that. (laughs) All right. Well, I have more thoughts on goals and habits, and we're going to continue that conversation after the break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Oftentimes, when asked to think about what one would do with a bonus hour, people reference things like exercise, play, and rest. These are all super important things, and I would recommend adding getting the support you need and deserve to your list. 
As a mom, independent business owner, and human blessed with many relationships, I spend a lot of time giving. So one of the greatest gifts of therapy for me has been the ability to know that someone is holding space for and listening to me. No filter required. I adjust my session frequency as needed, and it is a huge comfort knowing support is there for me. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. This online therapy platform was designed to remove the traditional barriers to therapy and make mental health care more accessible to everyone. Simply fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash edit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash edit. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera. Clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days, I take Hyacera every morning with my first glass of water, and like all of the Ritual products I have tried, the capsule actually smells good. Ritual's products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. Okay, friends, I'm back. And this back half of the episode, I'm going to get practical. I love practical. You know that. I started out big picture and getting practical now. So one of the things I wanted to recommend was to look at the tools that are already working for you and see how you might use them to help you with your habits and goals. Um, They might already be working great, or you might identify that there are some tweaks and some adjustments that you can make to optimize things even further. for me, I've started, I, anybody who's heard me talk knows I love Google Calendar. I love Todoist for my to-do apps. Uh, but one thing I've been doing actually is blocking out time in my calendar for projects. Normally, time on my calendar is reserved for meetings. Um, but now I've started doing some blocking around projects so that I have focused time to think about things. And that has been really, really helpful. Related to this, The next thing I wanted to recommend was to try something different. In the episode on the mom hour with Sarah and Sarah, I shared about how one of the things I was going to be experimenting with this year was capacity planning for myself. And that is not something normally I'm really tuned to do. I just kind of, in the episode, I believe I referred to it, my style as being more like looking at a sea of pins in front of me and just knocking them down and keeping my head focused on those granular to-dos. But based on some other work stuff that's been happening in my life, I have a clearer sense of how to allocate my time. 
And so it's really interesting, actually, what I have been doing since the new year started and really loving is I look at Todoist as my granular pins repository. So I'll wake up and there may be anywhere from 30 to 60 to-dos on it. I know it's a lot. Um, But then I'll actually use my paper journal as the very high level time blocking exercise. And I, it started out to be a really boring looking to-do sort of checkbox, but just like a few to-dos. And now I'm trying to like evolve it and get a little more creative and not with a ton of doodling, but just, I don't know, playing with a little bit more. So it's been a really cool tactile exercise and also a better integration of high level planning in service of knocking down those pins. And I really love it. So I want to thank Sarah and Sarah for that conversation on the mom hour, because I think that really helped me think a little bit more about paper. And I will say that my handwriting isn't as awful as I have always said it is, perhaps because I have a better pen. Who knows? (laughs) It's the little things, right? Okay. Next, I know that all of us are going to have any number of goals, but I really want to encourage you to set a goal or develop a habit that has something to do with your wellness. Obviously, I love professional goals. They're great. It's great to like try to be better at things and develop skills. But as I mentioned in that 2022 reentry Instagram post, I have never heard about so many stress-induced woes as I have over the course of this pandemic, present company included. I actually, a few days later, uh, I'll link this post up as well, but I wrote a little micro essay about one of my outstanding physical problems, which is this shoulder problem and how I realized how my approach to suffering and pain is deeply rooted in anger. So part of my wellness practice right now has been to shift my approach to suffering to be one of acceptance instead of anger. And I want to point out, I write about this, uh, I think pretty clearly, but I don't mean acceptance in the sense of being resigned about it and being like, oh, well, that's just the way it is. This sucks. But acceptance in the form of, I see you, I hear you shoulder. (laughs) I see you have something you want to communicate with me. Let's work together on this. And I think it is a really important shift and obviously is a lot kinder to myself than sort of yelling at myself in angry tones internally, which is what I've done to date. So whatever it is that your habit might be or a goal that you have, I just specifically want to encourage it to be in the wellness space because I know everybody is struggling so much. I've had so many conversations about it. And I really feel like our bodies, they are the ultimate barometer. They are the thing we are in touch with every day. Hopefully (laughs) they are the thing that keeps us going. And if we want to keep going in service of other things in our lives and other relationships, we just really, really need to address our own wellness. It's something that cannot be ignored. Um, Yeah. Okay. And then The last main thing I wanted to talk about is that I think it is really important as we think about the things we're going to do this year, the goals we want to go after, the habits we want to use to sort of 
inform our lives and our goals and to just generally make us feel more human (laughs) is to really look at those small daily actions that will make a big difference in your well-being. I have talked about this before. I will beat this drum until the day I die because I really and truly believe that it is these small actions and moments in life that have just such a huge impact. So just to share a few examples for things that make a big difference for me. I mean, I think there are, there's kind of the all, the very important, both of these things are important, but there's the very important thing of identifying the things that you can do yourself, like with, you know, that are right around you, because those will be the most immediately accessible to you. So for me, one of the smallest, but like biggest impact things is setting up my coffee the night before. So all I have to do is press on the next morning. This is a 15 second action. And I'm not kidding. If I forget to do it the next morning, I'm like Charlie Brown with the head down, like feeling super sad about life. (laughs) And if I, every day, every more, every night when I do remember to do it, which really is most, most nights because it has such a huge payoff. When I wake up and I press boop and get that coffee going, I have, I start with a smile every single day. I just, I'm so happy about that cup of coffee because I only drink coffee in the morning. Another thing, small daily action is I read in bed at night. Oftentimes I fall asleep. I have a real need for sleep. So sometimes I don't last that long, but reading in bed and ending the day with words and stories is such a life-giving thing, even if it's just five or 10 minutes. Related to that, sleep. I really need eight hours of sleep to function nine if I'm really living my best life. So sleep is a huge priority. I'm usually in bed between 9.30 and 10, and it's great. (laughs) I already mentioned yoga. That's a thing that has been um, making a big difference for me. I actually also just added, or I'm trying to add, as of the time of this recording, um, this 15-minute Qigong practice that my sister, who is a wellness practitioner, uh, she sent sent it to me for energy flow because I was talking about perhaps like energy blockage in my shoulder. And I've really been liking it. I do it. I've been doing it. I've only done it like three days, but um, by the time I'm recording this, but I do it towards the end of, or at the end of the workday. So after I've been spending all this time on the keyboard. So that has been really wonderful. Another uh, two more things that I can do just on my own that bring me a lot of joy Queer Eye, new season, it's up. And comfy clothes. I, I've i just been like leaning in. Snuggly wool socks, fleece-lined pants, elastic waistbands for life. I mean, are you going anywhere? I'm not. So <laughs> it's working. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Um, and then beyond those immediate things that you can do on your own, on your own time, by yourself, whatever, obviously relationships are going to be everything, uh, or they are everything and they will continue to be the things that help sustain you. So even if it's a quick text with a friend or, um, you know, a video chat, I wanted to share actually something that happened over the holiday, a little realization about that I had about myself with my family of origin relationships is that I love my, I come from a big family. I'm one of seven siblings. Uh, my mom is alive and I love her and, and not, but I really struggle with group family gatherings. Not it, it, this is not just a pandemic thing. I've always struggled with sort of low level, like chit chat. It's just, it's, I find it very exhausting. It must be an introvert thing. So what I experimented with over the holidays, I didn't even kind of realize I was doing it. I just did it. And then I was like, wow, that worked out great. Was that I did connect in a safe way with a small uh, subset of my family the day after Christmas. Uh, I actually only had like an hour, an hour and a half because I had some other things going on related to holidays and, and family and things. Um, so that was the group thing and it was fine, but it was definitely more of a like chit chatty type scenario. But, um, following that I set up time and I made some phone calls and did some individual video chats with siblings one-on-one. And even though logistically that was more time spent, you know, on ha- having all these one-on-ones versus one group gathering, which seems much more of the Christine co-efficiency model, it was so energizing and loving and deeply connecting. And so it was very eye-opening for me. Like I think clearly in some relationships, especially those family relationships, it is, it just makes more sense for me to um, take the time to do individual or very, very small group, like one or two people type engagements um, because it fills me up with energy and um, is just a lot more meaningful. So I, wanted to share that example because it really doesn't make sense from a time perspective, but it makes all the sense for just a life perspective. So those are my thoughts. I I guess I will do a your next edit, my first one solo. And it's a little radical, but let's get radical. Like what else are we going to do while we are amidst the current dumpster fire? So what I would like you to do is this. If you have set up some goals or habits for this coming year, I want you to really take a good look at them. And if one or more of them stick out as shoulds for you that you are dreading 
you're not psyched about, you put them on because you feel like, well, I really, this is something I should do, or somebody told me I should do it, or whatever. Throw it out. Or even just start and take the baby step to consider throwing about throwing it out and then return to it and throw it out. Super radical, but listen, this is your life to live. <laughs> You're driving this bus. You can set up your goals, you, but you can also adjust them. And that is a wonderful thing. All right, friends, you will find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And as ever, I truly would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show, or you can send me an email at edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I also would be super grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening and joining me for this first episode of 2022. I appreciate you. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It.